You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. No doubt you'll have met plenty of people who like being the centre of attention. No doubt you know people who don't like being the centre of attention. Very often the motivation for either perspective can come from a lack of being comfortable in one's own skin. A lot of people over the years have told me that they love their personality. Why? Because their personality makes them feel safe, won't expose them to, interestingly enough, who they might really be, their own potential. An awful lot of people have told me over the years that they like being the center of attention because it makes them feel good. Now, what does that actually say to you? What it means is, I feel bad, so I need to feel better by being the center of attention, by getting other people's attention. The fact of the matter is, as we know from previous conversations, most people who are the center of attention aren't getting attention from anybody really because the normal crazy mind isn't capable of directing attention in any direction at all. Let me just explain that for a moment. We know that After the age of 11 or 12 or 13, the normal mind makes it through the day on automatic pilot, using the stuff that it learned before that age. We know that the normal mind's ability to pay attention is sequestered. It's actually held in reserve. It isn't available to the normal mind. It is only available should the normally minded person find themselves in a bind, so to speak, in a life-threatening situation. And what that means is that when we're using our minds normally, we're not in charge of or in control of that to which we pay attention. And in fact, we don't pay attention to anything that is actually going on in the here and now at all, for the very reason I've just mentioned. In fact, when we're using our minds normally, The subconscious mind is paying attention to the stuff that we learned before the age of 11, 12 or 13 that enabled us to make it through the day. So we have pictures of ourselves from that early age, warts and all, that would lead us to the conclusion that we are happy being the center of attention or we feel good being the center of attention. Bear with me, because if I am using my mind normally, as I've just said, I can't decide that to which I will pay attention. So if I am the center of attention, I only think I'm the center of attention for the simple reason that the other people in the room can't pay attention to me. They're paying attention to their own thoughts. And that's why I've often said to people when they say to me, oh, I worry about what people think of me. I say to them, you know, you shouldn't waste an ounce of your energy thinking that other people might be thinking about you at all, because other people are only thinking about what you think about them. We're all involved in shadow boxing when it comes to the reality of the moment. We're all seeing shadows. We're all seeing stuff from our past. We're all 
immersed in that stuff that stops us from being immersed in the here and now stops us not even from being able to pay attention to what's going on in the here and now but much more than that never having control of what psychology calls our attentional spotlight now we know that when we meditate we turn on our attentional spotlight we know that through regular meditation when we redevelop the key subcortical parts of the brain that we take control of that attentional spotlight so that we know for a fact that when you have taken charge of your own state of mind through training yourself to be in charge of your own attentional spotlight and when you actually take charge of that attentional spotlight and pour your attention into what you are doing now so that it will enable you achieve what you want to achieve in life you are taking charge of your attentional spotlight for the first time in your adult life or perhaps actually for the first time in all of your life, because even though the attentional spotlight was on before the age of 11 or 12, you were randomly paying attention to the stuff that made an impression on you and left you with your false impression of yourself, the personality that some people tell me that they love. Let's get back to being the center of attention, because an awful lot of people don't want to be the center of attention. They feel guilty about being the center of attention. It's interesting, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with somebody who said that they don't like getting presents for their birthday. They don't like getting presents for Christmas because they don't like being the center of attention. But actually, on further examination, this person doesn't like getting those presents because she feels undeserving or guilty or both. Why not throw in a few useless thoughts to ruin your day, as the normal mind normally does? I had a conversation with somebody else a couple of days ago who told me that she had spent a wonderful week in France drinking good French wine, as one does, and eating beautiful pain chocolat and croissants. And she said, even as I was eating what I was enjoying, I was feeling guilty that I was enjoying it. It, which in other words her thoughts were cancelling her enjoyment out now why would you go to enjoy yourself and then deliberately trip yourself up she said i was feeling guilty then i'm feeling even more guilty now when i look at myself in the mirror and realize that the croissants and the pano chocolate have ended up on my hips what am I going to do about that we'll come back to that a little later on in this conversation what am I going to do about my weight bear with me on that one everybody with whom I talk when I talk with them first when I ask them what do they really want out of life tell me that what they really want out of life they wouldn't deserve or if they got it they would feel guilty <laughs> probably in the sure and certain knowledge they think that they wouldn't deserve it we have these thoughts, these useless thoughts, that come in all shapes and sizes and range from, I love being the center of attention because it makes me feel good about myself. In other words, I don't feel good about myself in the first place. I need other people's attention to make me feel good about myself. That's one set of useless thoughts. To another set of useless thoughts, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want to get those presents. I don't want to enjoy myself because I know I don't deserve it. And I would feel guilty about enjoying myself. Or in the case of my friend in France, 
or our holidays in France, I actually do feel guilty even during the time I am enjoying myself or supposed to be enjoying myself or I set out to enjoy myself. Why? Why, why, why do we continually allow our minds to play these tricks on us? The self-doubt, the lack of self-esteem that leads people to love who they know they're not, their personality, leads people to want to be the centre of attention. Why do we have these thoughts of self-doubt? Why do we believe ourselves to be suffering from low self-esteem? Why do we feel guilty? Why do we feel that we don't deserve the best in life? All of these thoughts come from the stuff that we learned before the age of 11 or 12. In particular, the key thoughts, the foundational fundamental thoughts about ourselves are learned during the third year of our lives. You must remember that this third year where we learn what psychology calls theory of mind is foundational to everything we learn up to the age of 11 or 12. And you must remember that by the age of 11 or 12, we've learned everything we're ever going to learn about ourselves, or should I say our personalities, our conceptual self, we learn nothing afterwards. Nothing. Because we're living, when we're using our mind normally, from the automatic thoughts that we learned pre-11 or 12. So, you know, very often people will say to me, oh, I've learned from my experience. Uh, I, you know, I've learned more as an adult than I ever could have as a child. But all the learning that we learn post 12 years of age is filtered through what we learned pre 12 years of age. And in particular, filtered through the foundational or fundamental stuff that we learned about ourselves when we were three years old or between the age of two and three. What we learned in that foundational time was the stuff that made us feel worse about ourselves rather than the stuff that made us feel better about ourselves. There's an evolutionary reason for that because we learn more from losing, if I can put it like that. Having perceived inadequacies about yourself keeps you on your toes to a greater extent. I mean, if you had a load of perceived adequacies about yourself, you could become so complacent that you wouldn't be ready for the life-threatening situations that were part and parcel of our lives as early human beings in evolutionary times. Psychology again and again and again over the decades has proven that we as normal human beings are predisposed to taking on board the negative rather than the positive. So that means all of your subsequent learning is filtered through the fact that you believe yourself to be undeserving or unworthy. Now, I know a lot of people will say to me, but hold on. When I was growing up, I had a wonderful childhood. I had loving parents. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the subtle messages that we pick up upon that are subtle to the adult mind, but fundamental to a three-year-old's mind in relation to the learnings that are part and parcel of what psychology calls the developmental niche in which we learned all this stuff. In other words, the cultural milieu in which we developed our understanding of ourselves and how the world works. And in the Western world, that cultural understanding for a couple of thousand years was and 
still deeply ingrained into us is that I am an undeserving person in need of redemption. Now, I'm obviously summarizing thousands of years of theological teaching, but basically what we were brought up to understand at that fundamental age is that, you know, children need to be seen and not heard. Know your place. If you enjoy yourself in this life, you're in serious trouble in the next life. Now, that may sound a little bit facetious, but again, it sums up the fundamental teaching of I am unworthy and I am undeserving. And therefore, in later life, when we're enjoying ourselves, we're almost bound to feel guilty, which means we're not enjoying ourselves at all. Therefore, when we think about what we want out of life, we're almost bound to feel undeserving. Uh, and therefore, we actually hold ourselves back, not as a result of thinking those thoughts in later life, but as a result of the fact that we're carrying around those thoughts with us from the age at which we learned the fundamentals. So in other words, everything that we've been talking about so far in this episode about, for example, enjoying being the center of attention or hating being the center of attention or feeling guilty or feeling undeserving or unworthy. All of these things simply come from thought. And even though those thoughts are fundamental to our understanding of who we are, they're still only thoughts. They are thoughts that are deeply embedded in our subconscious mind. And when we're using our minds normally, they are thoughts to which our subconscious mind is giving its precious attention every single day. That is holding you back in a number of ways. First of all, those thoughts are stopping you from even allowing yourself what you might think is the luxury of imagining what your ideal life would be like. It's really interesting. When I ask people to reflect on ideally what they'd want out of life, they laugh at my use of the word ideally. They said, that's not realistic. That's another one of those thoughts. Unrealistic is a thought that sits handsomely alongside undeserving and unworthy. All the uns are sitting together in your mind and your subconscious mind, when you're using your mind on autopilot as the normal mind runs every day, is paying attention to all those uns all the time. As I've just said, these thoughts are holding you back in a variety of ways. First of all, they're stopping you in your tracks from even imagining the kind of life you'd love to live. Secondly, they're going to stop you from doing what you need to do to better yourself every time you attempt to do something to better yourself. Why? Because these thoughts are designed to keep you safe, to keep you in your comfort zone, even if your comfort zone is something that you really and truly would love to change. But most fundamentally, these thoughts of feeling unworthy, undeserving, inadequate, or guilty, these thoughts are blinding you to the life that is going on now. Your life is going on here and now. When we're using our mind normally, your subconscious mind is paying attention to those thoughts and is missing now completely. Your life is passing you by. You are dead from the neck up. You are sleepwalking your way through your own life, finding it a struggle. 
finding that you have to work hard to be a success, even success within the realistic realms of the normal mind. Never mind the success that you could be, but which you would otherwise think to be unrealistic when you're using your mind in the way in which we've been talking about. I have a question for you, and the question is a really simple one. Given the choice, would you choose to keep reliving the undeserving thoughts that you learned when you were three and miss your life? That's choice number one. Or choice number two, would you choose to live an effortlessly wonderful life in flow starting today? And I know plenty of people who are actually afraid to choose option two. They're afraid of discovering who they might really be. They're afraid of being a success. I know lots of people who are afraid of option two because they might lose their friends. They might end up being different. Oh, yes, they'll end up being different, all right? Completely different from the person that they thought they were. And yet, when I put it in terms of those two options, do you want to stay crazy and miss your life? Or do you want to live your life to the full starting today? There is really only one option, isn't there? Only a fool would settle for being unworthy, being undeserving. Only a fool would settle for guilt. Only a fool would settle for thinking that what I really want out of life is unrealistic. And yet I bet, as you listen to this, you are thinking to yourself that option two itself is actually unrealistic. Living my life to the full, in flow, effortlessly, in the here and now. Every one of those words that I've just mentioned, by the way, has scientific significance. The flow, the effortlessness. The ability to live your life effortlessly in flow to the full now is innate to all of us, you included. That is scientifically validated too. The only thing that is holding you back is, you might be interested to hear this, not the thoughts that you have in your own head, not the thought that what I'm saying might be unrealistic. The only thing that's holding you back is your inability as a normally minded adult to control the attentional spotlight that we talked about earlier on. That's the only thing that's holding you back. Let me put it another way. It isn't the thoughts that are rattling around in your head that are getting in your way. It's how you pay attention to them. The thoughts on their own are just thoughts. They're nothings. They're, they're puffs of nothing. They're only something when you give them your attention. As we said earlier on, when we're using our mind normally, the subconscious mind is giving all of its attention to the thoughts that enable you make it through the day. The thoughts that you learned before the age of 12, the fundamentals that you learned during the third year of your life. So you're giving all or almost all of your attention to those thoughts now, from one day to the next, all of the time. And you're missing your life as a result. In other words, you don't have to battle with these thoughts. You don't have to wonder why you have these thoughts. You don't have to worry about how you are, how you think you are. You don't need to do any of that. All you need to do is 
turn on your attentional spotlight and direct your attentional spotlight. We said a few minutes ago, if you were listening, if you were paying attention, how you do that. Meditation turns on your attentional spotlight. In other words, it activates the left prefrontal cortex in the brain. Regular meditation enables you not just turn on the attentional spotlight, but choose as to where you will direct your attentional spotlight. Now, only a fool would direct it back into the thoughts that, when you give them your attention, are holding you back. When you gain control of your attentional spotlight, you can choose option two, as we were talking about a minute ago, now. And your life will change immediately because you will begin to be present in the here and now, tuned in, not just to what is going on, but tuned on to the same wavelength that the universe is vibrating at here and now. You'll be in flow and you'll be in flow here now. Once you begin to experience the difference between being present and the normal old way of being buried in your own thoughts, you begin to realize, you begin to actually feel who you actually are and begin to understand that you can live the kind of life you'd love to live because you start through your presence doing the stuff that you need to do to move you in the direction that your heart desires. Now, an awful lot of people say to me, well, I don't know what I want out of life. And anybody who tells me at the outset that they do know what they want out of life, they're not telling the truth. They're actually saying what they think they want out of life, because how could they actually imagine what they really want out of life if they've been using their thinking minds normally all their adult life? They couldn't. But when you begin to clear your mind as a result of turning up to the present moment, when that presence begins to give you a different experience of how the world really is, when that different experience begins to enable you fully understand the potential that you have yourself, through those learnings and that clarity, everything becomes clear and most importantly, what becomes most clear is the kind of life you'd love to live. And I don't mean off sometime in the future, the kind of life that you start living straight away. And I know, I know your thinking mind is saying to you, what I'm saying is unrealistic. Am I saying that you could start living that ideal life now, this moment? Yes, I am. For starters, when you stop paying attention to your thoughts of guilt or inadequacy. What do you think is going to happen? You're no longer guilty. You're no longer inadequate. You're no longer undeserving. You can start experiencing the joy of the moment without any of those thoughts in the way. Those thoughts also create something else in your mind, which will be banished from your mind straight away the minute you become present. Those thoughts create anxiety, worry, and stress. Imagine having no anxiety, no worry, no stress. Imagine not having a care in the world. That's what happens when you are present. 
And you could be present now by simply choosing the path towards making that choice every now, every day. The path towards making that choice is paved with little exercises. They really are very little exercises, little meditations, seven or eight minutes each morning, a few minutes liberally sprinkled through the course of the day, mini meditations, I call them. Science confirms that meditation changes the way your brain operates. It actually physically changes the structure of your brain. Science confirms that meditation changes how we understand what's going on in the here and now. Science confirms that meditation changes how we choose moment to moment what to do and what decisions to make. Science confirms that once we've given ourselves a sense of the direction in which we would love our lives to go, that we do what we need to do in the here and now, in flow, effortlessly, to move ourselves in that direction. The only thing that was ever holding you back was the fact that you were paying attention to your own thoughts. Not the thoughts themselves, the way in which you were paying attention to them. Meditation is the confirmed training to enable you pay your attention to the reality of what's going on in the here and now. And that will enable you achieve anything to which you set your mind. I said earlier on, I would come back to my friend who said the croissants and the pan au chocolate, they weren't even enjoyed at the time because I was feeling guilty while I was trying to enjoy them. God help us. And then she said, I felt even more guilty when I looked at myself in the mirror and realized that they'd ended up on my waistline. If you read the comments from owners of the online program, you will find one of the first comments is from a guy in the States called Steve, who said, by following the program, I discovered my dream career. Second point he made was, and I lost 45 pounds to become fit and healthy. It's like somebody I was talking to a couple of years ago who told me when I talked to her first that she was obese. I was only talking to her on the phone, so I didn't see her. It's the very first thing she said to me. Obviously, it was something that she wanted to change. And in the next breath, she said, and I'm the world's expert on diets because I've tried them all and can confirm that none of them works. Why? Because she hadn't seen herself as being slim. She was paying attention to the thoughts that were holding her back. And if you're trying to lose weight, what are you doing? You're paying attention to the weight you're trying to lose. You need to stop paying attention to anything that is getting in your way and start paying attention to the wonder of the here and now. And as I said a minute ago, if you do that, and you begin to fully understand the kind of life that you would really love to live as a result of doing that, you will discover that things like weight just look after themselves. Now, obviously, clearly, the weight doesn't fall off you as a result of you doing nothing. What happens is, as I said a few minutes ago, science confirms that when you're in that state of mind in flow, you just do effortlessly what you need to do to get you to where you want to go. And that includes everything, including weight. What's the key message 
Today, the key message is would you ever take control of the piece of equipment between your own two ears? Start training yourself to be present. Become present. Choose option two. Choose to be present moment to moment. Let yourself enter into the effortlessness of flow. And let all good things happen to you as a result of you doing just the right things in the right way, at the right time, effortlessly. It's all in your own hands. And if you're interested, finally, final point in today's episode, I have some free training online at the moment that will enable you get started if you haven't got started already. And if you have got started already, it will enable you go further because the more we immerse ourselves in talking about this, studying this, training ourselves in this, the further and faster we will move forward effortlessly. So all you have to do is click the link in your podcast player to the free online training that I have at the moment. Final point to reiterate it because it's very important. This is all up to you. And all you have to do is turn up. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horn.com.